0: You're listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Our efforts to educate and unite the church are made possible thanks to our sponsors on Captivate and on Patreon. You can get bonus content of our show on either of those platforms or on Apple Podcasts with a private subscription to the Amazal Ministries Podcast Network.
1: Exodus 35 verses 10 through 19 in the Christian Standard Bible to read, Let all the skilled artisans among you come and make everything that the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle, its tent and covering, its clasps and supports, its crossbars, its pillars and bases, the ark with its poles, the mercy seat, and the curtain for the screen, the table with its poles, all its utensils, and the bread of the presence, the lampstand for light with its utensils, and lamps as well as the oil for the light, the altar of incense with its poles, the anointing oil and the fragrant incense the entryway screen for the entrance to the tabernacle the altar of burnt offering with its bronze grate its poles and all its utensils the basin with its stand the hangings of the courtyard its posts and bases and the screen for the gate of the courtyard the tent pegs for the tabernacle and the tent pegs for the courtyard along with their ropes and specifically woven garments for ministering in the sanctuary. The holy garments for the priest Aaron and the garments for his sons to serve as priests. Here, Moses is having the children of Israel prepare the tabernacle in the way God commanded. Uh, We see everyone working together for the crafts, tailoring robes, and decorating the worship area. Even though we are no longer under the laws of Moses as Christians, we believe aesthetics can play an important part of worship still. Uh, Why do you believe God had the people of Israel put so much into the decor of their worship area? And what can the church today learn from that?
0: Yeah, um, I think spirituality is symbolism and interacting realized in our soul. Um, What I mean by that, like when you worship songs, usually we worship and song a lot at church. I think when it connects with your soul, there's this feeling that I think that's what we attribute to spirituality. And I think that's how we relate to God. And we could do it in ways other than song. Often we get away from that. But, you know, you see things or people paint or different times you're in nature, you interact with different forms of beauty and that connects you to the divine. Um, I think the same thing is true of stuff like the robes and all this. And I think when you put this much into detail, it's easier for everyone to have a part. And part of what it means to be the church is everyone contributing to the act of worship. So I think this allows everyone to contribute and have different points you know not everybody necessarily connects with a song but maybe they'll connect with a painting maybe the robes you know some churches have priestly robes of different colors for the seasons maybe all of those things put together is what really connects with some people and allows them to relate to god in a way they couldn't otherwise and i think um that's just how god designed us it's why you see so many different sounds and beautiful things in nature it's how god designed the world in great detail so that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, your favorite church unity podcast, probably. We have different different noise going on right now, different music. Uh, It's a different intro because we're starting a brand new series. We're just going to do a tiny intro for the series today. We're talking about our ecumenical aesthetics series, where We're going to be discussing church art and how the church relates to God and one another through art. It's going to be a fun time. Today, it's just TJ and I. We decided it would be a worthwhile time. Uh, We have some questions we're going to ask every guest that's part of this series. We said, hey, let's put ourselves through the ringer first. And that's what
1: we're here to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I lost my tab with the outline on it. (laughs) Uh, So as you guys (laughs) know, Ministries Podcast Network. The uh, link is below for other shows like us. Yeah, it's a good time.
0: And now I'm um, just going to go ahead and jump to one of my favorite things that we do on the show. Um, it's a spiritual practice that I care deeply about, and that is silliness. So, TJ, when I ask a silly question, I'm going to make you answer first, because I know you're going to make me do something else first later on. Quick and simple. What would be the most challenging part of interpreting your favorite book of the Bible into a comic book?
1: uh i think definitely not making people angry would be the, the hardest part <laughs> okay i'm just yeah. gonna leave that be yeah because that's yeah. true
0: of a lot of the favorite books
1: yeah but like imagery wise for me specifically is your favorite book song of solomon no
0: because <laughs> that would be hard one. it's a different comic. although i know a guy who made that comic book um Man, I, you know, one of my favorites has got to be Hebrews. And I think it's just because it's a very it's not really a story or anything. So it would be hard to like put like ideas into comic panels, you know, as much as it would be like if I were to choose judges, that would be really easy, I feel like. Yeah.
1: Do you think so? I mean, comparatively, I was going to do revelations. That's yeah. 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 I think people would get mad that, you know, oh, it was all just a dream. Like, no, it was a prophecy. It's different. Yeah, but oh, now it's a just wake up several times. Well, no. yeah. So one of the main reasons we're doing this series is because of our belief that beauty can bring people closer to God and to one another. So we have a few questions that we're going to be asking everyone in the series to go along with that belief. Before making our guests do it, we wanted to go through it. Warm our listeners up with our experiences. So, uh, Josh, could you tell us a time when you've seen God in the beauty of creation outside specifically? Hmm. Outside. Outside is easier. Um. We go to this place called Cumberland Island a few
0: times a year. The first time I went, I was able to run on the beach alongside some wild horses. And there's no buildings, really. It's just nature. It kind of looks like Jurassic Park on an island, which I guess is just Jurassic Park. You don't usually see the beach part. But yeah, it was really cool. So I think that was a moment that, you know, after doing that, just thinking about how beautiful God's creation is and kind of getting detached from all of what humans do to muck it up
1: really, you know, connected with me. Which is why I keep going back. What yeah. about you, TJ? I'm inclined to agree. If that's cheating, hmm. I you know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Cumberland Island's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So would you share a moment with us, if you have one,
0: when you felt a special connection to a painting, sculpture, or anything like that? It doesn't have to be religious.
1: So it comes and goes. Uh, none that, like, stick to me, like, stick on me, like, i remember it forever. None like that. But I'll definitely get one every once in a while when I see something new and I'm like, wow. That's amazing. Tear up a little bit, read about it on Wikipedia for 15 to 20 minutes and then forget about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think for me, there was an uh, an art exhibit of like student art when I was at UNCW that you could just walk in whenever. Now I'd go in there and a lot of times there would just be something there that I would connect with. But that wasn't really anything specific. So, you know, if that counts. Most of Van Gogh stuff, and this is, you know, this is silly, but, you know, I got into Van Gogh because of Doctor Who. But then the more I see his other art, like the pieces, I'm like, oh, no, I actually really connect with what he does for some reason.
1: It's also a really good episode. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and like is. really good depiction of Van Gogh. Yeah. It was also depressing. <laughs> which yeah. is every I mean, depiction I
0: mean, of Van Gogh is a little depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it has been shown in several different studies that there is a healing aspect to seeing beauty. Um, do you
1: believe, TJ, there's a reason?
0: Why God might have wired us this way.
1: So I'm not familiar with the study. Sounds pretty interesting. You should send that to me. Um, but I don't claim to know the reason God does things. Yeah. I just wanted us to see beautiful things.
0: That's fair. Yeah. I I think that God's desire to connect with us. And, you know, I I don't think God created anything that he wasn't proud of, you know. So I think naturally... Seeing what God created and just being around the things of God, which I think creation is that just makes sense that it would be healing. I don't know what his reason was in it, but it does kind of just make intuitive sense to me.
1: Yeah. So before we get to the more unique aspects of this episode, uh, we have another segment we're going to be doing every time for the ecumenical aesthetics series. and It's called The Artist's Corner. Uh, I have a few questions to select from here that I'm going to do in a random order. And for the intro episode, we're both going to answer. We probably won't get to all of them, but we have seven minutes to discuss whatever I want here. Uh, so, Josh, would you prefer hymns or modern worship music? Mm, I'm going to go with
0: hymns. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, it would have been different because there was some modern worship music that they put a lot of thought into. But I feel like more recently, modern worship music is a lot less thoughtful. Yeah.
1: Extra contemporary.
0: Yeah. 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 Extra contemporary. Not, I don't love it. But some of the, like older hymns, especially if you get to like some of the ones that like the Wesleyan brothers wrote and stuff, it's almost more of a textbook than a song. I'm like, oh, this is like extremely well thought out, wild stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? I feel like I feel the same way. Uh, I never really liked modern worship music that much, but it depends on how you define modern. Like I said, uh, if you take it as far back as like 1930, which I feel like is fair to do, yeah, uh, kind of broadens things up a little bit uh but i do prefer hymns i feel like there's a lot of power in old hymns uh it, they're constructed and we could do like a little mini series on the way hymns are constructed and written musically uh we should but they're very strong yeah
0: yeah honestly i just like how most music used to be written yeah rare that like modern music is written well i feel like although there have been some like more of your like indie rock or like folk singers have written some stuff i'm like oh i like how that was done
1: yeah Written collective
0: yeah. yeah, Ren Collective, you know, getting outside of Christian stuff, but like, obviously, you know, love a lot of passenger stuff is like written where like the words match the kind of beat like the music has its own meaning separate from the lyrics. And always like that um, Mumford and Sons, their version of Babel, I think really sheds a lot of light on like what Babylon actually means in the Bible, even though they're not a Christian band. They did that really well. Also, I got to say Greta Van Fleet's newest album. There's there are a few songs that I'm like, OK, no, that was that wasn't pretty good.
1: Yeah. So. If your favorite Bible passage were a painting, what would it look
0: like? I think it would be very abstract. And in my head, there's a lot of greens, but like bluish greens, not like bright greens. My, mm. my favorite Bible passage is Galatians five one. It is for freedom. He set us free. Therefore, don't, you know, submit yourself again to slavery. And it's about like not being a slave to the law or to sin. So... The freedom vibes, for some reason, I'm imagining it as like a blue green, which isn't very American to me. I guess if I were <laughs> if I were to be really American, red, white and blue. I don't know. For me, freedom in that kind of context. I just I'm seeing it as like a blue green abstract piece.
1: Yeah. For you, for you, freedom is nature.
0: Yeah, I think so. What about what about you? What's your favorite verse? And what would it look like? Uh, Luke twenty two thirty six. 36. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I knew that. I
1: just needed you to tell it for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so it's hard to vocalize what a painting would look like to me. That's one of the many reasons I'm against AI art partially because you know what seems kind of hard for me personally because I don't know what I want to look (laughs) like. Um, But if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one, you know, it's it's dramatic. It's intense and it is you can see clearly that he is giving up some semblance of safety to protect Mm -hmm. himself in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that's hard. It's Mm -hmm. really hard. It's true. Uh, true. So do you want to do all of these? No, nah, just whichever ones. This is, this is TJ's corner, really. TJ is the artist. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you do want to hear the rest, you're going to have to listen to the series. We will cover them all eventually with different people. I'm not going to do them all for everybody. Probably, unless they make a really compelling case. Uh, uh, and answer really quickly somehow. Really quickly, yeah. They only have seven minutes. We're not going to take the whole seven because we are short on time. Yeah.
0: Speaking of the rest of the series, if you're wondering, um, it's going to be an eight-part series. And I'll just go over in order. We're going to be talking to Elizabeth Penglingen and and Taylor Clyde next. We'll be talking about worship painting. If you ever see people paint during worship service and talk about worship in song. Taylor used to be a worship leader, still does a lot of worship stuff. Um, Then we're going to have Nathan Gilmore on to talk about iconoclasm. You know, he used to be a religion professor, so he's very in touch with what it's is this whole idea of icons and imagery is bad. And that's a lot of the church kind of believes that way. They're going to have uh, pastor Will and Reverend Keno on. You guys should know all them. Great guys. And we're just gonna talk about some of our favorite icons in the church. What we like as far as imagery goes. Then we'll have Dr. Link, Dr. Beck and brother J. R. Martin on talk about imagery as it's used in the Bible and church flags. So it'll be fun. Um, Pastor Shayna Watson is going to join us. Talk about the, anglican church and the art that they use father jonathan will be back on to talk about the art of the greek orthodox church which is a lot joe day will be back we're going to talk some about uh, art as he's perceived it being in and out of the home church and then we'll finish the series with professor chris morland of the catholic tradition because he's gonna you know there's a lot of questions people have about how the catholics use art especially around statues so we're gonna discuss that with him it'll be a fun time now our final question for this series rather than asking for practical actions for church unity what we're going to do, we're going to say, ask outside of paintings or statues, what is one kind of art you think people would get into that might help us draw closer to God
1: and one another? So, I think it, it just, you could say a lot of different types of art for this. And I'm going to go with a painting style. Uh, but for pretty much everything, there's a specific lesson you have to be willing to take from the art style itself. Uh, at least that's what I think. And I'm going to go with pointillism. And mm. Uh, If you're not familiar with it by name, then you'll probably know the painting of that park scene where, you know, it's a ton of people at a lake. There's some trees, a bunch of people, baby in a carriage balloons. Uh, That is just tons and tons of tiny little dots of pure color. No brushstrokes. That's pointillism. Uh, But I think the lesson we can take from that is that uh, God is in the little things. The little things Mm. form his big picture. Mm. Basically, I like that. Yeah. Also, TJ forced me to
0: make part of this logo for the series and, and pointalized. So. I did.
1: I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: So you guys could check that out. He didn't force me. He just suggested it and it looked better. So it trumped my version.
1: I would have forced him yeah. if it had come to it. <laughs> I'm going to go with culinary
0: arts. You know, I think for me, you going to talk about connecting with somebody else, learning of the food that their culture partakes in or, you know, I, I feel like there's just a special connection to someone's culture when you experience the food of that culture if that makes sense you know i think if i'm talking to somebody who's not american at all you know i have friends that were just from other countries and they're like hey make me some biscuits and gravy there's something about that moment of someone's first biscuit and gravy that they're like oh and i'm like yeah that's this is what i grew up with you know this is me in a way like something about our food is personal to us and part of our identity i think so i think Being able to do that really helps you connect well with other cultures whenever you're willing to experience other foods. And it really is an art, you know, you know, whenever you go to like Epcot and you see some of the presentations of the food and like how the colors contrast and stuff like it's very symbolic and it's something you can partake in and I just like eating. So naturally, I was going to say that. Yeah.
1: So what would be the repercussions in the world around us if everyone stopped to take the time to appreciate sharing each other's culture and uh, gods in the little things? Hmm. hmm. explain. Yeah,
0: I'll answer mine. You answer yours. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> no, um, I think if everybody partook of other foods and saw culinary experience as something worthwhile to appreciate, not just, you know, consume, I think you'd understand one another better, really. And I feel like it would just help us open up more. You know, it's it's really hard to have good food from another culture that you haven't experienced. And not let your guard down a little bit because you're always like, wow, that was awesome. That tasted like, you know, like it can't not be a conversation starter, I feel like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about you? Well, what about yours? Uh, you know, I think people would uh, be generally a lot less stressed uh, naturally unless your body is making you be stressed and mm. can't do anything to stop it. That's different. But that's fair. Uh, people would generally be happier, I think, more content with what is happening. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So before we wrap up, this stays the same. We're gonna do our God moment. We ask everyone to share a moment where they saw God in recently, whether that be a blessing, a challenge, a curse, a moment of worship, anything that you saw God in. So, Joshua, do you have a God moment for us? Yeah. I gave blood, somehow that
0: put me in a raffle, got an Amazon gift card, and I got this new shower head with it. And it's like one of those like rainfall shower heads. It's just been like a tiny blessing that somehow just makes my whole day better, even though I just use it for like ten minutes a day, but
1: it's nice. Yeah, that does sound nice. No, so me personally, my God moment. Uh, last week I had four days off from work, which was amazing.
0: That, that is great,
1: crazy actually. Yeah, yeah, I used vacation time, but worth it. I did it because uh, my friend Josh, not this one, different Josh, uh, came to visit from Virginia, and we got to spend a few days together for the first time in a, a long time. So it was great. You want know, to hang out with these people, my, my brothers in Christ that I do not get to see very often it was really it was really great i can't overstay how much you know god is in those moments at all times getting him here safe and back safe do you have any good culinary experiences together <laughs> not this time one time we made spam fries i can't yeah, yeah so so please share this with a friend enemy uh cousin we like that one share it with a cousin uh everybody's somebody's cousin hopefully and uh Chat with us on our Discord server. It is in the notes. We would love to talk to you. We'd love to speak to you. You yeah. know, feel kind of secluded out here all on our own without that extra interaction. So, yeah. Friends are cool. nice. We're lonely. Yeah, we're, we're so very lonely without you. <laughs> yeah, Please. Help your
0: brother out. <laughs> no, um, check out all of our other shows on the Anna's Island Ministries Podcast Network. You know, I do a few over there. TJ's about to start one. Um, Christian, Brandon, Mike Geekology is there. All good stuff. We're checking out. In the show notes, we have the link.
1: Just, you know, give it a little click. Yeah. And... I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Come back next week when we'll be continuing our ecumenical aesthetic series with Elizabeth Fang and Taylor Clott to discuss worship painting and worshiping music. After that, we'll have Dr. Nathan Gilmore on discussing iconoclasm and the dangers of idol worship. After that, we'll be joined by Pastor Will Rose and Reverend Keen O'Canady to discuss our favorite iconography and other church art from various traditions. And finally, at the end of season one, Francis Chan will be joining us. Yeah, but he's not aware yet, so someone's got to tell him. Someone has to tell him. Yeah, please. Please.
0: Thank you for listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Again, you could always sponsor our show at patreon.com forward slash thewholechurchpodcast or on captivate.fm or on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave us a one-time tip through Captivate. Thank you for listening.